Welcome back to So Fully Casual. I'm your host, Matty Ice, and you'll have to excuse me, I'm a little bit under the weather this week. I meant to record a episode for you earlier this week, and my voice just was not in good condition. I was sniffly, I was coughing, and while my voice isn't perfect today, I think it's a little bit better so that I can give you at least a listenable episode without having to hear me be sick. I want to start off by thanking all you listeners out there for anybody who listened to the opening trailer, anybody who listened to the last episode. Thank you so much. It really makes me happy to see my listener base growing and to see some positive reviews. Right now, the two biggest platforms you can find me on are apple Podcasts and spotify Podcasts. wherever you're listening please download like subscribe and rate the more that that happens the more positive reviews i can get the bigger i can grow and that just means better content going forward so please take the time to do that it means a whole hell of a lot to me i've also created an email address for the show it is soulfully.casual at gmail.com and what i'm hoping for is that if you're listening to what i'm saying and you want me to talk about something, or even if you want to make comments, both positive and negative, about things that I'm saying, I'd like to hear them, because I think it's important to understand your listener base, to understand where your listeners are coming from, and also to put out content that they want. If you do decide to engage the show via email, please make sure that you own what you say. I will be giving credit to those folks whose content or whose emails I'm reading over the airwaves. And so if you said something that you regret or you say something you did not want to make public, please make sure that when you email me, that is going to be put out there if it's something that I choose. I had an entire episode written up for this week, and I promised in my last episode that it was going to be something fun, something sneaker focused. And while I was going to record that episode earlier this week, getting sick delayed the timeline of the work that I'm doing. But in that time frame, things have changed. The world has sort of changed to the point where it just didn't feel right to put out what I was going to put out. Uh, If you are a listener who likes to get away from the troubles of the world, from the quote-unquote politics of the world, this episode probably isn't going to be for you. And if you choose to turn me off and not listen to this episode, I support that. I think everybody has opinions and everybody has feelings about what is happening. And if you choose not to listen to me this episode because you don't want to hear about what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling, that's okay. I can't guarantee that every episode is going to be for everyone. I can't guarantee that every word that comes out of my mouth is going to be something you want to hear. All I can do is put out the best show that I can, the best episodes that I can, and try to have an informed and articulate voice on topics that are going on, whether they are social justice, whether they're sneakers, whether they're sports. And it just didn't feel right putting out an episode that didn't talk about what was going on in the country. This week we had another police shooting that went national. Jacob Blake was shot in the back uh, in front of his kids. And there's been a lot of protests this week in Wisconsin related to police treatment of this individual. And while I have not read up on all of the details, the overall feeling that I'm feeling about what is happening is sadness. Along with the protests, you've seen that there's been citizens who have armed themselves and have taken action into their own hands, and one of them is a 17-year-old teenager who killed two protesters using his assault rifle. And while self-defense is something we are uh, granted in this country and the right to bear arms is something we are granted, that still makes me sad too. To be honest with you, the whole thing makes me sad because I think to myself, have we lost human decency? In my upbringing, I was not taught to look at somebody for what their skin color was 
or what their religion was, or hell, what sports team they even rooted for. I have to admit, I grew up in a really small town in Rhode Island. Uh, it was a predominantly white town, and New England is known for being a predominantly white area of the country. Anybody who is familiar with Boston sports or just Boston in general knows that there has been a lot of documented race issues that still even take place today if you, you know, read stories about the way Adam Jones is treated and other black athletes have been treated. And all of this got me thinking about human decency in this country. It got me thinking if we have forgotten what that means. So often in today's world, our feelings about either human decency or, or anything else seem to be tied to our political aspirations or our political feelings. And I think that part is not only sad to me, but it's also baffling. When I look at other human beings around me, whether they're people that I like or not, I always feel that they deserve to be treated the way that I would want to be treated. And that's not necessarily saying that they are somebody who you should just be nice to all the time. But when you see the way that these people have been treated, specifically you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and now Jacob Blake, it highlights a different America that a lot of people live in. I can't imagine being treated that way by another human being, having somebody put their knee on my neck shoot me while I'm not looking, uh, even just judging me based off of what I look like. And I'm sure that that happens to so many people. It happens to people that don't look like me, that don't look like a, a white person. And that's always been something I've never really understood. When I was younger, the idea of color, the idea of race wasn't something that I thought about. And it was truly a blind spot because being colorblind and not realizing that there are different races, there are different creeds, and that it's okay that there are different creeds is really important. It's really important that we understand that everybody can be different, but that doesn't make anybody better or worse than we are, especially based off of just the color of their skin. Some of my best interactions as a human being in my 37 plus years of life have been with people that aren't white. They've been with people who can teach me something, who have had a different life than I've had, who just overall are different than I am. Because to me, being around people that are exactly like me isn't a fun existence. It's not fun to be around people who have the same exact life that you've had or have the same exact views that you've had. Sure, is it easier when you're having a discussion with somebody if they agree with every single thing that you say or if you work with people who agree with every idea that you have? Yeah, but there's no challenge in that. There's no growth in that. There's no ability to understand different perspectives and to have empathy not just sympathy, but empathy. It's a really important distinction to make. And part of me feels that we've lost that. Part of me feels that the advent of social media and everybody being able to have an opinion one way or the other has made it so that we don't think about being in somebody else's shoes. We don't think about what their life could be like or what their situations are like. And, and for an example, admittedly, I've only had a handful of run-ins with the police in my lifetime, and they've all been traffic stops of some sort. All of them have been fine. There's been no threats. I've never felt that my life was in danger. And I know that is how my life is. I know that I live in a state of privilege because that is the case. But I also know that there are a lot of people in this country who don't have that same experience. Even a traffic stop as simple as speeding, they fear for their life. And that's not to say that every single cop who stops a non-white person is going to make them fear their life. But just the overall systemic idea of how they are treated and what they see in the news, especially of late when it has been so magnified, 
I'll never feel that. I'll never be able to know what it feels like to do everyday things and wonder, is today going to be the day that I get killed because somebody looks at me and my skin and assumes that I'm doing something wrong or assumes that I'm in the wrong. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be where other people have to fear for their life. I should not be the only person or the only race that can go out and do simple things like going for a run or going to the grocery store or taking my family out to dinner and not fear for my life. The people in my life, Cleveland is one of my best friends. He is a black man in this country and he and his wife should be able to have that same feeling of safety when they go places. And what I ultimately know is that they don't. And that makes me sad. It also makes me sad when you see these incidences highlighted on TV and you see people who are not condemning that action, but they're saying, well, they have a criminal record or they were doing something wrong. Or you see people that are applauding a 17-year-old kid for shooting and murdering two protesters. Now, I can fully understand protecting your home, protecting your loved ones, and if there is true violence that's being had against you, I can totally understand feeling that, that defense mechanism. But from what I understood, a 17-year-old with an assault rifle shot two protesters and police just sort of looked at it and said, okay. But then you hear stories about 12-year-old black kids getting shot, killed by the police for having a toy gun. And there's no, there's just no investigation into it. There's no thought that, hey, maybe that sounds weird to you. Or maybe that just sounds weird in general. It isn't something that feels normal. It feels like we're only decent to the human beings that either look like us or feel the same way that we do. And this is on both sides of the fence. We're not talking that it's just right-wing people only. Left-wing people can be just as bad with it. And I think all human beings can be bad with it. And we need to get away from that. We need to be thinking more about the plight of our fellow man and woman. I'm not a very religious man. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school. But in terms of being somebody who is a God-fearing man, that isn't me. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that there are lessons that can be learned from religious teachings or religious um, scripture. And when I think about the idea of treating people with human decency, I think back to the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel were brothers. They were born from the same parents. Um, they had two different jobs. And ultimately, Cain was jealous of his brother because his father, God, favored him or his... Um, you know, sacrifice to his father more than what Cain had done. And so Cain took action into his own hands and he killed his brother. And when God asked him about it, he said, am I my brother's keeper? And it was so flippant. And God said, yes, you are your brother's keeper. And he banished him. So much of the Bible and specifically the New Testament is just soaked in compassion. And when I think about what Jesus was getting at, the way that Jesus went about his life, what Jesus teaches us, I've always come away, whether I believe in Jesus or not, that compassion is the main message of a lot of the New Testament and a lot of what Jesus was about. The way that he forgave so many people, even his own betrayer, right? Judas, even his own betrayer, and Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute, he forgave and he loved. And it was compassion that led him to all of that. No matter how you interpret any of those teachings or any of those uh, scriptures, it really came down to just having compassion for your fellow man and woman. And I think about where we are now, where it seems as if that compassion, that empathy, that understanding is completely lost in the name of politics, in the name of being right. I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. But it just feels like the idea of, am I my brother's keeper, 
it comes back now where so many people seem to be able to easily say no i'm not their keeper i'm not the keeper of black people i'm not the keeper of brown people or whatever and i guess i think to myself we're all living in this world and we're all human beings why are we not each other's keeper i live in a quiet neighborhood I live in a cul-de-sac. It's not secluded. It's in a Virginia suburb. I have neighbors who, from all places in life. And I'd like to think that if one of them was in trouble and I could help, that I would do it. I think back to when I used to run marathons and I would be running a really good race, but I would see somebody hunched over and it didn't matter what that person looked like. It was, hey, that person could be in trouble and I would check in on every single one of them, even to the detriment of my own statistics. And I guess I feel like we don't do that anymore. I guess I feel like unless there's some kind of a personal stake in it for us, we don't do it. That makes me sad. If there's one thing that I think that hasn't really helped is social media. And I know a lot of you might think, what are you talking about? We were able to put all of these things on social media and and people can be more aware of what's going on. But I wonder how much of that is actually helping because one aspect of all of this that seems to not be happening as frequently as we think it is, is people learning understanding and empathy. And I don't think you can do that with a social media post. I don't think that posting a black square or posting about all the things you're reading is enough. I choose not to use social media as the way I want to battle this because I know that social media ends up turning into what feels like a woke fest between white people or or whoever. And sometimes we're not really listening on social media. We're reading and we're already thinking about the reaction that we're going to have. We're not actually listening. And some of the most prolific conversations that I've had with people of color have been asking a question and listening to what they're saying. And I'm not saying that those people have to be the sole educators for me. I can do a lot of that research on my own. But one of the things that I really can't do is hear somebody tell a story about them being treated differently because of what they look like, see their body language, hear their emotion. That stuff is really, really important. It's a part of communication that I think we take for granted. And I can't get that from just reading stories, uh, seeing words, seeing social media posts. I can get them from hearing the people around me tell me how that felt and trying to put myself in that place and really understand and come to a place of empathy. Now, I think it's important to note that there's zero way that I, as a white male in this country, am going to have total empathy for the way that women are treated and the way that non-white people are treated. There's just no way because it's very unlikely that I will have a situation in my life in where I will be treated that way or I will have that feeling. While that's a sad reality, because you'd like to think that you'd be able to understand everything that everybody goes through, it's something that's very true. And I think the path toward empathy, or at least, you know, some type of deep, if not incomplete empathy, is to listen. And it's to embrace everybody around you, and it's to embrace those folks, and really listen to what's going on. I can't think to myself anything other than just sadness and compassion for what's happening to people of color. Because I can't look at when somebody is treated that way by police, whether they, again, they have a criminal record or not. And then you see people just flippantly saying, well, they deserved it because they had a criminal record. I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the fact that just because somebody might have done something wrong means they deserve to be treated like less than a human being. It's not how that should work. We as humans should want other people to feel 
safe, to feel like their lives are not in danger just because they were born with a different skin color or, or whatever it is. And I don't think we feel that way. I think we feel like, well, we're going to find a caveat for this person being shot and killed and just call it a day because, well, they're less than us because they're black or they're less than us because they're Hispanic. And I just, to be quite frank, think that's bullshit. I don't think that we should be thinking that way. I really want people to embrace others and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm somebody who supports police, but I can also support human beings and feeling like their lives are in danger just from existing. I wish people could get more on board with that. I wish people were more open to not just automatically going to a place of politics and saying, well, you know, they had a criminal record or there was a knife in their car or whatever. Human decency shouldn't have limits. We should want to treat people and be treated that way and be given the benefit of the doubt and be given the opportunity to reconcile with our past or or do better, right? When we mess up in life, whether it's in school, whether it's our job, we don't want to just be immediately cast off as if we're no good. We don't want to immediately be cast off that we'll never be better than we are. And do a lot of people never get better? Sure. I, I, I think it's unfair to acknowledge that point. I mean, take a look at myself. I am not a perfect advocate for this. I told you earlier that I grew up in a very small white town, and because of that, I probably was mostly colorblind because I didn't have a rich experience of many diverse people uh, in my life to the point where I could understand that. And it's not like I only preferred white people, it's just my experiences didn't really have that kind of diversity, that kind of inclusion, because there just weren't a lot of people that were not white that went to my schools that lived in my town. Even going to college, I got a little bit more of it because you have exchange students and you just have, you know, college, there's so many people, there was 40,000 people went to my school and you're just going to automatically see more people. It wasn't until I moved to the DC area that I really got a taste of what it meant and I became not colorblind anymore. And over the course of time, I've really learned about microaggressions. I've learned about things that I could have possibly been doing that while they don't seem like they're a big deal on the surface because we as a society haven't made them a big deal, they are to those people. And I'm still gonna keep learning. I'm never going to get to a place of empathy. I'm never going to learn everything there is to learn about the black struggle, the Hispanic struggle, the Asian struggle, whatever it is. And I'm not going to ever say that I will get there. But all that I know is that I'm going to listen and I'm going to do my best to be accepting, to be empathetic, and to try and learn as much as I can through interactions, through reading, and so forth. And all this leads me to where we are in sports. Sports is something that I love, and sports is, is a aspect of our lives and society that we go to to sort of escape from the realities of the world, whether it's our jobs or our families or whatever. Being a sports fan is a wonderful thing. Rooting for your teams, rooting for athletes gives you a feeling that not a lot of other things do. It gives you a good feeling, especially when your teams are good. If you're a Browns fan, Reliance fan, maybe not, but I digress. And so where were we this week? Sports players took a stand and boycotted. They said, what's going on in this country is so much larger than what we are doing, and we just can't be a part of this. For so, so long, I wanted athletes and people with visible platforms, celebrities, all that kind of thing, to be line steppers. Not just to come up to the line and then say, well, I'm not going to do more because it's going to affect me or my bottom line. And yes, I'm going to acknowledge that the NBA was very much not line stepping when it came to the Hong Kong China thing. I get that. 
But like I said earlier, I'm not a perfect messenger and there may not be a perfect messenger. Like there's going to be missteps along the way. But I think the overall idea of the players using their platform and saying we need to highlight this and not showing up to their jobs. I applaud it. I truly do. And I wanted more of that earlier because where are we now? We're four years removed from Colin Kaepernick taking his first stand. And for most of that four year period, we debated whether he was patriotic. We threw the flag in there. And again, I understand patriotism. I understand respecting the flag, all of that good stuff. And yeah, Cap wasn't the perfect messenger. He had a lot of missteps along the way. And I think there are a lot of folks who supported what he was doing who could tell you that. But his overall message is the same thing that we're talking about today. It's the same thing that we're fighting today. And now all of a sudden, the NBA players are getting a ton of credit for what they're doing. And rightfully so. But where's the retroactive applause for Colin Kaepernick? Where's the retroactive apology that these sports leagues should be giving him to say, hey, you were on this from the beginning. And all we did was blackball you. We made sure that you wouldn't be able to get a job. Whether you deserved it or not, based off of your merits as, a, as an NFL quarterback, to me is irrelevant. He was trying to highlight a systemic problem that was taking place in this country. We just weren't ready to listen, it seemed. And I wonder how many people still are willing to listen because you see a lot of people saying, well, I hope the NBA caves. Really? So them highlighting these fundamental aspects of human decency is too much for you and you want that to fold that's like saying you want human decency to fold that's like saying you want the human race to cave in on itself because hey we want to treat people better i feel sorry for a lot of people who feel that way because when i look at these nba players and think about the lavish lives that a lot of them live that i'll never get to live they have the ability to do something that i don't so anybody listening to this however many there are this podcast is not going to reach the kind of people that lebron james can reach or all these nba teams like the bucks who said you know what we're going to take a stand for the people that we represent because the milwaukee bucks represent the state of wisconsin and when you put on that uniform whether that's something that you wanted when you started basketball or not that's what you represent you represent the people of that area and they wanted to take a stand to show solidarity for what was taking place to highlight what was taking place that's a hugely influential platform that they have it's a hugely influential way that they can highlight what's taking place and for a lot of people they don't like that because it ruins the sanctity of the escape of sports but here's the thing and I think we've forgotten about this all along. Those sports players are citizens of this country. They live here too. For us to think that they can't have that platform or those thoughts is, is absurd. Because they should. They should absolutely feel a certain way about their country. And if they don't like the way that this country is or the way that their lives are in it, and again, I understand that they're millionaires, but still, we've seen incidences where athletes have been treated by police the same way as somebody like George Floyd was treated, and they have millions of dollars and George Floyd didn't. So the platform that they have to be able to highlight the injustices that are taking place and to get people on board with standard human decency it's huge. And the fact that they used it in that way has been amazing. And I'm not somebody who feels like it's ruined my experience because I've always felt, and I said this last episode, that the social underbelly of sports is more interesting to me than the execution of the sport. And so I applaud those players. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you're angry at me, well, I hope that at some point in your life, you will come around on this and you will think about being in somebody else's shoes. 
because while nobody's life is perfect and we all have times in our life where we wish somebody could understand what we're going through whether that's the loss of a loved one a breakup hitting rock bottom emotionally hitting rock bottom financially you'd like to think that somebody out there can understand what you're going through you'd like to think that somebody out there can somewhat empathize with what you're going through and if you're listening as somebody who is saddened by what's going on because you have experienced this lack of decency in your life, if there's one message that I can give you, it's just that I hear you and I stand with you. Thank you for tuning in to So Fully Casual this week. Next time, we'll get a little bit more lighthearted with some sneaker talk. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Please remember to download, like, subscribe, and rate, and we will catch you down the road.